day. Welcome to SportsTask.ie. It's Thursday and it's time for SportsTask Camogie, our weekly look at the all matters with the small ball and the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Championships. Apologies, we didn't have a third half in uh, Camogie on Monday. I'll take the blame for that myself and Patterns the home of the day job took over. But we will be talking about Crow Park and Saturday over the course of the show. And of course, joined by my partner in crime, Killian Whelan. Hi, Killian. How are you doing, Darren? Kenny, there was so much camogie to get through this weekend and I think it overshadowed with the Iron Football final and that's a conversation probably for another day in regards how the split season is working but we were entertained across three different venues and of course I'm not even including the Nancy Murray Cup that had a thrilling contest where Wicklow just getting over the line against Loud. Yeah, wasn't it great and, and we, you know, you you got to uh, experience Tullamore and I got to experience Kilkenny and um Look, I think over the over the weekend, when you look at that, there was um, seven big games across the Camogie as, as schemes. It was uh, some phenomenal games and uh, some great stories out of it as well, um, Darren. You know, so really, you know, sets it up well now for the finals weekend of the sixth and the seventh of August, because uh, I'm throwing the Nancy Murray Cup final into that as well, and uh, lots obviously to to look forward to now, and uh, especially with the the under sixteen games as well um, over the next two weekends also. So you know, like it's uh, coming to the end very very quickly, I suppose in a way. You now when you look at it, but um, yeah, I, I was really hoping as we talked here last week about. The, the championship semi-finals there are games there to be won I suppose sometimes they don't always be entertaining because uh, teams are just looking to get them won so they can get to Crow Park but uh, I have to say I, I, I thought all the fair over the weekend was uh, some top quality well, the D top quality too. And of course, not that we like to brag here in sports stands, but we're the uh, podcast that will go through every Camogie match to happen, not just the two games that were in Crow Park. And I'm not even, Killian, I said, I'm not even going to get into a debate about it. I tweeted about the Sunday game. I was disappointed with what happened on Sunday night. And there's been a massive reaction to it. You know, we can talk women in sport and we can talk about equality and we can talk about integration, this, that, and you're all we want. We need to see practice, practice as we preach. We didn't get that in Sunday night. Good coverage of the football, yes. But, you know, the, the, the two senior matches should not have been ignored. No, I, I think I, I, I would have to agree with you. Um, I think it's just, you know, from a Sunday game point of view, I think it's just unlucky that as I've had here before, I think on, on the on the the day, you know, nothing should be kind of clashing with those All Ireland finals anyway. So look, you'd hope maybe something like that doesn't happen again going forward. But um, I still think, like with with that show that happens with the All Ireland, like the, the 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 game is done and dusted. The highlights of it in maybe fifteen minutes, it's talked about, and then it's on to you know, the, the winner's hotel and the player, the match and like that. And then to me, there's a lot of fluff goes on, um, you know, discussing the moments of the championship, discussing the team of the year, all that kind of thing and whatever. And it, to me, the last hour of the program is dragged out to some extent, you know, um, but I still think there could have been a window found there in order to there get the, the, the minutes. few minutes. Yeah. It doesn't need to you be know? two hours long. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I, I just think it could have been. Now, look, the, uh, the ultimate problem was, I suppose, you had the football final up against the Camogie show. If it was the hurling final, if people maybe on the panel, maybe it would be easier to work it out. But we, we still have seen, you know, two weekends go by, you know, with, 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 without any kind of action being shown on it. So, um, yeah, I... I, I I'd have to agree with your with your pocket there. A comment as regards it, and uh, you know, like people giving out, oh, sure, it's only about the the football final. But no, that like at the end of the day, RT are a main sponsor of the Camogie Championship, and uh, you know, while they have shown the games, I still think there could have been some element of reaction uh, from the games that happened on Saturday. 
Yeah, and even the point, and I will promise I'll leave it at this, even the point being made that, you know, it was a football weekend and football finals, you get priority and this, that and the other. Like, we're not going to have a two-hour show. Like, the ladies' football show next week is one hour. Now, granted, TG Carr more the rights than that anyway, but I can guarantee you we're not going to have a two-hour cookie show with six people there talking about their moments in the championship in two weeks. So, like, you know, an hour and a half is enough for that Sunday game show, even an hour and final night to be. So we throw in 20 minutes of Kaboki, even at the end of it. Mm. You know what I mean? Show that actually you do care. And which got to move on. That's all we're asking for. We're not asking for Camogie to be given equal billing with the All Ireland Football Final League. We're not that naive here as well. But to be completely ignored two weeks in a row is a bit rich now from you know our, our national broadcaster, one of our main sponsors, and who preach all the time about all the coverage they're giving to women's sport. And yes, they're giving brilliant coverage to the women's Euro twenty twenty two. But come on, like yeah, um, I I I will I will say that the live coverage has been good, uh, Darren. You know, like I I I. Uh, since you know, obviously for the quarterfinals and semi-final and final, uh, you know, I, I let's not beat them too hard with a stick. You know, I, I, I do think Marie Crow has fronted up a good, a good package there, and and um, you know, the 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 games, maybe the quarterfinals, I do, I still think there was good enough quality for those for those games to be there, but I, I would feel that sometimes within the highlights show that um it 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 can be very much just wrap it up as quickly as possible you know and uh it's to me you know if you're trying to encourage a certain audience who might have been out at the match let's say that was on during the afternoon that is eventually shown on the TV i do think the the you know the komogi then in the highlights package should get a little bit more uh, time than it does you know they just uh uh, thrown up maybe you know a vo uh, done by you know a, a a good pal of ours and Valerie Wheeler or somebody and and um, you know then it all wrapped up very quickly maybe within a thirty seconds comment if Ursula happens to be on the panel or somebody else happens to be on the panel in the studio and 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 you know done and dusted and move on I I do have an issue with the the, the timing that it gets. However, look steps forward everything getting live coverage getting a blanket Saturday afternoon. I suppose you, you you know you beggars can't be choosers here in some ways and um you know I still think there are the right steps being made uh, you'd hope you know going forward that things will you know again improve you know and look as you said there you know you reckon that the Camogie won't maybe we'll be surprised Darren maybe 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 we'll get a call Darren you never know to be on that panel something something may happen you know. I'll keep an eye on the phone Killian, but hopefully <laughs> but even just making making that point as well and like look. And the highlights during the year that drive me about the anyway, but I, I don't want to spend the whole time giving out about it. But I mean, like the Sunday game is too long. I find watching the Sunday game now a torture because it's too late at night. People are getting up on Monday. An hour and a half is enough. Like bring back the game on Monday if they want to do further analysis. Like you see Gary Neville and, and Jamie Carragher doing on Sky. But even if it's late at night because you have the RT player options, like when Camogie begins, why not just give them a half hour show at the end? Like Marie Crow could present it, or Ivani Quillen, or Joanne Cantwell, or Valerie Wheeler, or even Darren and Killian. Who knows? Like, you know, um, and give them a proper, respectful highlights package on a Sunday evening. So it doesn't have to be part of the main program. It can be called Sunday Game Extra if they want. You know what I mean? But I, I think you would take a lot of GA supporters that have no interest, and let's call it straight up, no interest in the women's game, um, don't want to be watching the Sunday game for two hours. Yeah, I, I, I look and Des Cal, I think, didn't he allude to in an article maybe earlier this summer that, uh, you know, he, he even has maybe some some issues around the programme. I think 
you know, that, that may, maybe he feels that it's a, I don't want to put words in his mouth now, but I do, I do know he raised kind of issue that maybe the whole concept is a little bit uh, dated and might have to be looked at. So I don't know. I, I, I do feel these comments about the Sunday game have been ongoing now for a good while now, Darren, and you would feel that. Um, and not just maybe, in the women's side of things, the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, general. I just think across, yeah, in general. And I just think it may be uh, ultimately that it needs to be, you know, it, it needs to be looked at. But look, I, I don't, I honestly don't know. And I, I don't envy any producer, a director and any any heads of uh, the TV departments or anything like that. Um, <laughs> I just looked down on my phone, Darren. We're talking about calling the panel. I have a Dublin number ringing me. <laughs> <laughs> do, you want, do you want to take a pause and take that call just in case? <laughs> uh, there, there you go. Someone's listening. But um, like the... the I, I don't envy them having to put that show together um, because, you know, there could be seven or eight championship matches of hurling or football on and then they have to squeeze in everything else. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what you ultimately would do with it because you've only got to look at match of the day, that kind of scenario, um, you know, what and what they do. Like, it, it's still even difficult for them and even to do a bit of analysis at the end and everything. Like, you know, they, they will ultimately decide maybe the three dud games, if you understand me, if there was a scoreless draw and there wasn't much action in it, you know, it, they'll, they'll put three three games back to back and there'll be very little analysis unless there's a key moment comes out with those any one of those three games. Um, I often feel that with the Sunday game, the games that are on TV live during the day probably shouldn't be the, the first games either that are... You know that, that 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 get the highlight. It probably should be, you know, one of the one of the other games. Like you know, um, and 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 maybe they should go down the match of the day route. That the, the most entertaining game, no matter what it is, camogie, ladies football, hurling or football. Mm. Maybe that should start the show. And if it's a, a cracking, which you know, I, as you'd often wait, and maybe I don't know if you do, but. Gary Lineker posts up on his Twitter account then the match of the day kind of sequence and you know inevitably you're going to kind of feel that it's something that was maybe uh, okay they might have the top two so for City and Liverpool that might start off but if, if you have a 4-3 game or something like that inevitably or that might be the game that starts like, you know. yeah and and it, and it could be it could be middle of the table clash but because it was of entertaining value that's the game that ultimately they'll start with so you know I, I, I have to say I um. I, I wouldn't envy someone having the producer uh, put it all together because um, I, I, it is a concept that's it's good. It's unique to us, obviously, in Ireland and the sport and the uh, of, as regards the, the games and everything. I, um, I just don't know what you would do with it. I, it does need a rejig in some ways. And, but even yeah, yeah and, and and like you know, maybe they should look at what TG Carr are doing on Monday night. Like TG Carr are able to show um, so many games with. Maybe does there need to be analysis? I don't know. Could you do it in a different way? Well, even the point there, I was just going to jump in, Killian, and it's kind of exactly you mentioned match of the day, and I think that's what people want on a Sunday night. They want highlights and they want a small bit of chat about it. Like you get a match of the day and move on. Maybe a bit more on the feature game, but they don't want to spend half an hour there with the lads with the little pads, which colours go through. That's Monday night analysis. You know what I mean? Well, well, the, issue, the, issue I have, the, Monday, the issue I would have... The issue I would have... The game on Monday and the Monday with the more analysis on two or three key games. Yeah, well, the issue I would have, Darren, is that let's say, for example, right, no disrespect now, and maybe I shouldn't name counties, but um, let's say you have two of the lesser-known lights of counties across any one of the sports and to put the highlights, and next thing they go back to the studio and Des turns around and says, well, um, uh, Kieran Whelan, let's say, you know, uh, Kieran, uh, you know, there was... You know, two of our lesser known lights playing each other. Um, what's your thoughts? Uh, and he gives a kind of a generic response because he's only got to see so much, and you nearly would be better off 
not asking them anything. Just kind of say, right, okay, let's go to the other games that are across the provinces then today, and here's our highlights package, and just run it off and say nothing about it unless... Unless I say something, there was a, a dramatic kind of event in it that the referee sent off four players or something like that or whatever, and it had to be maybe looked at in a bit more depth. But um, I, 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 I still think there's enough of them between producers and, and researchers and everything there to be able to break out two or three moments in the game. And Kieran Whelan and whoever could be could give, give a chat about. Yeah, it. But, but I still feel there's enough. Thing lot, that, there's enough. The most important thing is that the, those two lesser lights, and it shouldn't be described as lesser lights, but there's Cal anyway. But those two lesser lights actually get to see from proper highlights of the game and have a quick two minutes run through there. Which, with, oh with yeah, no, camera, no, I, I, that, I you get, that you can't keep up with it. I would have an issue with the length of time, all right. Like you know, whether they are lesser lights or whoever the hell they are, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter. Um, I would agree with that. I, I just think that um, there's so many games on maybe at one particular time. I think it's not ideal to ask a guy who maybe has no interest in the game and probably was asked to watch the feature match anyway so he could do in-depth analysis of that, to be asked to comment on the game that he probably hasn't seen in full, only the highlights. I, I That's why I feel that the, the match of the day concept where they don't, you know, they focus on maybe the first two or three and then they package them all together, then the others might be better off without having analysis because sometimes... The analysis, as he said, people are coming back on. Shaman didn't even look at the game. What's he commenting on it for? You know, you're better off avoiding that kind of conflict, let's say. Mm. Well, maybe he's didn't even seen the zone in in four or five matches on the Sunday game at a shorter show, and maybe didn't zone in in three or four more in the game on Monday and on Monday, but with maybe a bit more an, uh, an analysis of talk like that. But like, the reality is, is the Sunday game has gotten boring uh, over, over recent years as well, the, the, the night show as well, and people are just tired. And especially then if you get a busy weekend where we say football is first or hurling is first and somebody wants to watch the other thing, they're just getting tired waiting and all that. And they've completely no interest in watching it. Yeah, well, that, that is the issue, obviously, then when you're across different sports, you know, where much of the day it's one sport where, um, you know, like the, 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 the element then if you were throwing camogie and ladies football and everything into it, mm. it obviously makes it... Saying, an extra half-hour show for camogie, at least with your RT player, you the option be there to watch them on the morning anyway. And be contains probably more than what they're getting at the moment. Yeah, well, I, I would even argue, Darren, that with the player there, there could be, you know, if you've curling camogie, let's throw a ladies football into it and, and, and Gaelic football on on a, on a weekend. Would you not package it into four programs in some way, four half-hour programs, put, yeah. them on the, put them on the player? And then maybe, I don't know if this is possible. Like, I, we, like we're, we're talking without knowing the budgets and everything like that involved. Well, they've been budget enough to have six analysts in there talking about the moments of the year, which called us on the end of the Yeah, well then, well, then, well, then maybe have a look at the fact that um, then the magazine show then on the Sunday evening after the after match is, is highlighting maybe certain games, but then if you want to see the other games or you want to hear about the other, here's, here's uh, the link to the RT player. They, they're live now and you can watch them at your leisure. So I don't know. I, I, I You know, it, it does need something anyway. It, need, it does need a, a, some element to change, all right. Yeah, it certainly needs a revamp as well. We could spend another 10 minutes going on about the Sunday game. But look, at the end of the day, they did get good coverage of the All-Ireland Senior Football Final on Sunday. Nobody's taken away from that. And live on Saturday, good coverage of the All-Ireland Senior Kamoki semi-finals. I would have rather the first question Marie Crow asked was not about Brian Cody. <laughs> yeah. Um, like Ashley Thompson was the conversation. And now I understand yeah. Brian Cody had to be mentioned. I'd not be the first one. You've Paddy Murray there as well, like, you know, and Ashley Thompson is just after getting, what, hearing an appeal at half 10 um, and the match, match at two o'clock. I, I, I actually think Cody could have been parked for, for a little bit, you know. Um, no disrespect to the man, and I know he's a guy that supports Camogie and so forth and, and, and has done the needful. I just think that maybe 
it wasn't the it wasn't the point. No, look, and I said it to you in a text message too. I was disappointed that announcement came out on the Saturday when Kilkenny Camogie team were playing. I think that could have easily been been kept till Monday or Tuesday. But look, that's that. Ashley Thompson was the story we spoke about on last week's show. It's an absolute pure and disgrace that is dragged out. Whether you think she should have got off, whether you think she shouldn't have got off, is immaterial. That should not have been under a situation for herself. It was a completely unfair in herself. Now, fair play to her after the match, and by God, did she play well? We talked about there in the show, but she owned up to it. And here it's all done on a technicality, but the timing. Like, why, Killian, are we having the situations here again two years in a row where in the morning and then like half ten, three or four hours before the game, which called this is only getting sorted out like? Yeah, but Darren, I have a big issue with that, that the appeal was a half ten on, on Saturday morning. You know, like, I don't know. I, 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 it, that all should have been sorted out that a week before she knew, she knew the situation. But like, as Matthew Toomey said, she had to be up and on the road at six o'clock Saturday morning. Like, not ideal preparation uh, if she was going to be involved in an All-Ireland semi-final, uh, Darren. Now, in fairness to the girl, she di- she didn't uh, hang back, let's say, as regards, you know, the game that she put in. And as you said, we'll talk about that later. But um, I, again, now, look, someone might say, oh, sure, look, there's no point you giving out. If you want to, if the appeal process had to be heard, had to be heard. But I still think half 10 Saturday morning. Over a three-week window, it didn't need to be that late. Yeah. And even saying there as well, she's driving up in the morning to Dublin from Cork. Mm. Not knowing if she's going to play. Mm. I for God's sake. And like people text us here and all this and say, well, the process you said, the other Camogie Association, take a bit of ownership in this now and, and try and stop this. Two years in a row now, you've been involved in the situation. Like, just take some ownership and try and see can you sort this problem out? Because as Killian said last week, if it was a week between matches, you'd say one time. Yeah. Three weeks. This should have been done and dusted a week ago. Whatever way it went. Even well, the DRA got involved. It should have been done just a week ago. Look, Darren, I, I'd love someone to come on and explain it to us and put the call out again because, um, you know, now and again, we we, we we get little messages that we're having our cards marked about things that we discuss here or talk about. And, 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 and uh, I, I, you know, I won't hold back as regards if we feel we have to highlight something, we highlight something and we do it extremely fairly and we give claps on the back to the Camogie Association when they do things right. But I, I'd love someone from Crow Park, whether it's the president or somebody else, will come on here and explain why two years in a row they've caught up, we got caught up in the situation and why their disciplinary structure isn't better with regards to hearings. I, I'm not going to fault them on, you know, um, whatever's gone on previous with Westmeads, with um, you know, with 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 um, last year's situation with Cork, this year's situation with Cork, um, you know, I I just think why can't the process be heard quicker? That's that's all I want to know. Um, that 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 Ashley Thompson was waiting, you know, until the Wednesday week after the match before she was, uh, had her hearing. She didn't know until the Saturday then uh, that two uh, the she two weeks straight after the match that she was suspended, and then she uh, puts in the whole appeal process and everything like that, and doesn't know until the following Saturday morning at eleven o'clock whether she's actually playing. Mm. It just completely un- undermines the whole system system as well. And would you blame players for pushing? It? As we said last week, we were the Cork management, of course we would have appealed it because we know there's a chance of getting off and you get off in the technicality and all that. As mentioned, look, Ashley did get to play and by God, what a um, performance she put in. And when we do Cork and Waterford later on in the show, we will talk about that. Killian, just before we go to uh, the first break, a couple of things. It's just, again, because the calendar is so condensed, like the under 16A Camogie finals are on this week and the semis were on last week. Like, this is a learning year, as I've always said. People deserve a pass. We can talk about whether games should have been on Saturday, Sunday, this, that, and the other. But we have to give a shout-out to Cork and Tipperary, Antrim and Leach as well. A day of big All-Ireland finals coming up this weekend. 
Yeah, and uh, you know some top quality games with looks of things as well, and you know credit to Tipperary and um, seem to be uh, you know a bit of a structure as we know they have in place in other counties as well. But the, the, this Tipperary group seems to have um, you know performed admirably well um, so far in this championship, and and then you know many people might have fancied Galway to make it through, but you know Tipperary put up a good performance in Clara and 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 came out with a significant victory there. Um, and Cork, you know, well look, I I think it was always going to be difficult for Wexford. Uh, again, we know Cork just have all the ducks in a row down there as regards the teams that are coming through already minor champions, you know, under 16, the final, the intermediates in the final, seniors in the final. It could be some hell of a year for Cork Camogie uh, if it all bodes out over the next two weekends, uh, uh, Darren. But, um, you know, a cracking result for them. So, you know, well done to Cork and Tipperary. That game in Mallow, I believe, on Sunday now at half one. And then on Sunday also at two o'clock in, uh, in O'Rahalik's ground in Drogheda, uh, ground yourself and Elaine got to know uh, there uh, over the last few months. Um, Leash are playing Antrim, and uh, you know, again, those two have come through there. You know, Leash, uh, fine performance. Um, again, you know, things in in Leash at underage, there doesn't seem to be an issue, Darren. It seems to be that when the when the step is uh, made further down the road, um, so hoping that you know these talented crews that obviously Leash are producing at under 16 and minor, uh, we'll get to see them at adult level and, and 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 that all fairness and structures will be behind them. And of course, Antrim, you know, they, they're there at it again. You know, they've already, as they've been involved at underage uh, at all Ireland B level, both at 16 and minor. So, you know, they, they definitely, again, are another crew that have their house in order, you would feel, because there's there's no doubt that the talent that is emerging at under 16 and minor for Antrim is coming through then into their into their second team is, and we'll talk about that shortly in the Premier Junior semi-final and uh, ultimately in, in their senior team so you know uh, hopefully we, we, we'll expect two good uh, finals and as you said they take place this uh, coming weekend at half one in Mallow and two o'clock in Drogheda and before we go to break Gillian and even just thinking of Antrim in particular we have to put this question out here we talk about clashes with All-Ireland finals again for the second year in a row Gamogi Association have put these games on clashing with the All-Ireland ladies football finals in Crow Park and you know we are trying to promote women in sport as well like you know and I, you know, I don't understand why these games especially the game involving Antrim can be played in, oh, Antrim and Leash actually sorry yeah. get Leash, Leash yeah. and that's going to be on the same time as Leash and yeah. Wexford sorry no I was taking Antrim there first and in the football show this week we called out GAA county boards for fixing matches on the day as well but I mean you know we can't expect the LGFA to do the same for Camogie the following week if Camogie are going to put two massive matches on clashing directly with their finals in Grove Park Yeah but again I bring it back to the whole element of the weekends that are available at this moment in time Darren if this is happening next year and the year after well then I, I, you know you would be asking questions of admin I, I give them the past this year it's not ideal you just wonder, I know but I'm just saying the could, games could be played on could, could they have been played on Saturday that's you know that is the, that is the thing um, because obviously as you said I don't know how many Antrim or Leash uh, families involved with, with 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 the Camogie would be would be uh, heading to Crow Park, but uh, still, you know, I suppose the possibility would be like to be there. And again, it's you know women clashing against women here in in, in that kind of context, you know. So look, it's it's not ideal, um, but I'd be hoping it wouldn't happen again going forward. Yeah, there's something that needs to be looked at as well. And I imagine in Leash in particular too, there would be a bit of an overlap there. But look, we'll leave it at that for now. Let's leave it for the first part of the show because we're doing four parts today and we have to condense them a little bit. When we come back after this break, we're going to look at the intermediate and junior semi-finals that took place last week. Some cracking performances, some cracking results. And again, looking forward to teams qualifying for the big day out on the 7th of August. I like listening sports stars because I like to listen to... Ladies football and ladies camogie.
So welcome back here to Sports Now's Kabogi. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan. Killian, we're just condensing this into four parts in today's show because we've lost to go through as well. And for this next 10-15 minutes, we're going to look at the intermediate and the Premier Junior semi-finals. Let's start with the intermediate. You were in UPMC Nolan Park on Sunday. Um, two exciting matches, uh, dramatic matches, definitely lived up to the occasion as well. Start, we'll start with the first game, Galway against Mead. Um, Mead really put it up to Galway, but I suppose Galway's young players just showed their class to get the job done. Yeah, but uh, phenomenal, Darren, that the two games that we saw in UPMC Nolan Park took on a similar kind of uh, scenario where um, playing into the wind, the teams played better. Um, you know, the the the, the end of the, the O'Loughlin Gales end of the ground in UPMC Nolan Park saw an awful lot of wides and uh, a few goal chances all right and everything, but uh, saw an awful lot of mis- misplaced balls. And I, I heard... Um, one or two people have said to me in recent time about that, that they, they feel the goalposts in Nolan Park um, because of the stand or whatever, that they, I, I think they feel that there's an issue that they, you can't make out the white of the post or whatever against the, the backdrop. I, I don't know how true that is. Uh, I'm wondering, was it more about the concrete, uh, the terrace at the other end? But um, I don't know whether that was at all a factor, but players just seem to, as you said, play better into the wind and, than, than they did against it and um, or with it, I should say. And, you know, let's have a look at the, the Galway Cahal I'd imagine coming away and, and Molly will have had an awful lot of things to think about coming out of Nolan Park because, you know, the the scenario there was that Galway were not in huge control, Darren, but they were, you know, in front, having played against the strong breeze and with the quality that they that they have in their team, a good mix of youth and experience, uh, I'm sure they were thinking, right, we need just to drive on here and uh, and keep things ticking over. But it was me that came out of the traps and absolutely hit them with everything that they that they had in the in the opening stages of that second half and asked an awful lot of questions. And when it got level of two six apiece, Darren, you know, there was things starting to be asked and like. Um, Katie Gilchrist had done an awful lot of good for, for, for Galway and was just then struggling maybe in the second half to be able to find space and time and definitely me tightened up in that regard but then it was the arrival of Laura Kelly um, who you know had, had a, a fantastic last quarter You no, no question about it um, obviously herself and uh, young McInerney to come on as well. They had um, a, a big part to play and maybe swinging the game back. But definitely Laura Kelly, you know, um, getting the goal and then you know knocking over a couple of points as well uh, kept kept things moving in that direction. But you'd also have to question or uh, credit uh, Laura with setting up uh, Alwyn Rabbit for the goal too. That you know a two six apiece ball then eventually goes down the far side. And myself and Elaine were talking about this on commentary. You'd have to fault me the little bit. They Sophia Payne the ball on our side the TV gantry side of the of Nolan Park up along the wing and then it was diagonally sent into the forwards where there was actually only one Mead player where they had numbers over on the on the, on our side of the pitch and then Galway proceeded to go down the, 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 the far side and found a bit of space Laura Kelly comes in along the end line and she flicks a ball across and Alwyn Rabbit is there to knock the ball home and um, bit of naivety maybe in, in that sense on the mid front that you know should have kept the ball I think in close once they got level because I think if they got ahead down they might have asked serious questions of, of, of Galway but um, you know the, I just think the the goal then that Alwyn got took the arrow the mead balloon a little bit and uh, you know Galway were just always going to be the winners from there to the end 
Yeah, I think it was a perfect test for Galway anyway. Probably your toughest so far against them. Yeah. Team that were resurgent and like they start. Based on my view and watching it, I was at the semi final last year against Kilkenny. I thought it was better from me, but still, as you mentioned there as well, it could it should have been more from the talent that they have. Like even Manoa got a great goal at the start. Amy Yapney helped them get back into the contest as well. But it, it was just that abandonment Galway played and they moved the ball around as you've described there as well. And like look. It's a great opportunity with these young players going to Crow Park for for Galway too, and we'll talk about that in next week's show. For me, granted, a few weeks ago we wouldn't have thought they would be anywhere near a semi final, but is it another opportunity lost for this me team? Partly, Darren. I I actually think their better chance was last year. Um, you know, I think that game they dictated a lot of that game down in Nolan Park, and uh, you know, it just um ran out of ran out of steam. Um, yeah, they came with a late run this year, but I always felt it was going to be difficult for them against Galway. Now, great credit to them that Galway hadn't conceded a goal in the group stages. Um, really hadn't. A, too hard put up to them I think in any of the group matches they had what was it a, pl- a scoring difference of plus 89 if my memory serves me right like it, it, they had serious credibility going into that and uh, you know credit me that they came out and took it to them even Manoa what a goal I, I, like you know that, to me she was tapping it over the bar you know but uh, and, and I think you know, um, Fiona Ryan, isn't it, in, in the Galway goal, she, she um, I don't think, was expecting it to come on her near side either. And it was a cracking effort by Aoife. Amy Gaffney, uh, that that to me is goal of the weekend. It was an absolute peach of an effort um, to come in as she did in the top of the D and then put it in the top corner. Um, again, would have been asking Galway an awful lot of questions. But you wonder where the Mead performance, Darren, was in, in from that opening 15 minutes of the second half, where it had been for the first half. Like, they took shots like... It was a case of, oh, shall we get another one? You know, the, some of them, some of the efforts that were were taken were really not not how would I put it? Not high percentage uh, um, vary, variance. You know, I, I if I was Brendan Skeen, I, I'd be annoyed at uh, some of the shots off because you know they it, it, it ate into their confidence. No question about it. That last ten minutes of the second half, it was nearly like me had given up the ghost. Like I said it to Elaine at one stage, they look bereft of ideas. They need a little bit of a, a pick me up, and we don't know where they're going to get it from. Now maybe there was paint stripped off the wall in the dressing room or something like that, Darren, in the, at half time. But you know they did come out all guns blazing, and some of their you know Christina. Tr- made a bit of a difference uh, obviously when, when when she came on Aideen Slattery made a difference too you know I just think they started to um, you know mind the house that little bit better um, and, and, and they started to I think ask a few questions of the, a young enough Galway team but you know ultimately Laura Kelly the talent uh, that, that she has and uh, you know you'd have to credit her um, and I'm thinking of another young player when we think of Cork in a minute who also came off the bench and had a, a, a big part to play in the last quarter uh, that ultimately decided the game in their in their regard but um, you know like when, you, when you've talented you could take Katie off the field of play who had scored 1-3 and you replace her with somebody who then goes on to score 1-3 um, you know just goes to show you the talent that's uh, available for Galway Indeed, and after disappointment, disappointed we came for their seniors, it goes to show the talent pool is there, as is Cork too. But Coe beat me 3 9 to 2 8. Let's go to that second game, Cork and Derry. When Eva Shaw scored that goal, Killian, I was convinced that Derry were going to carry the day. Yeah, it looked like it. And I, I actually think here, Darren, uh, no disrespect to Cork and fair, you know, fair play that they, they got over the line. I actually think the better playing team, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, that ultimately they didn't take their chances so that might be come against them but I actually think Derry played better Camogie than, than Cork did just again 
lots of missed chances, Darren. You know, there was a high wide count there on occasion. They had 10 attacks, Darren, in the first 12 minutes and they had, was it something like eight wides, I think I said to Elaine on the commentary. You know, like that's, again, it was a little bit flippant. Some of the opportunities that were taken, a bit like Mead in the in the first half of their game, it was nearly like, oh, look, that shot off has gone. Should we get another one? And they were causing Cork all sorts of problems. And once they got inside the Cork half-back line, they really had the full-back line on, on the ropes. And it was, you know, Cork obviously that the, the, the were in front of the break, but... You know, Derry came out and took the game to them again, and it was some of their their big players, obviously down the middle, the some of their twenty twelve, um, you know, components. It was what four of them started on the day again. Disappointing. I think even the Cassidy going off, Darren might have been a factor a little bit too. You know, even though they they still were able to drive on after she left the field of play. I just think having her experience on maybe the centre mid might have you know seen the the ending of the game be a little bit different. But as is, as you rightly said there, when when the ball was put to the back of the net. I, I really thought Derry had a three-point lead now at this stage. You're talking about the 51st minute. There was four minutes of additional time played, so there was still a good bit of the game still to go. But you just felt that things were turning in, in Derry's favour and that, uh, you know, they were in charge. But, um, you know, great credit to Cork and obviously great credit to... Um, I, I, I'm just thinking of one, especially Caitlin Hickey come off the bench. You know, she drove on at, at various different stages, uh, Darren. Like, she just took um, certain runs down the centre of the Derry defence and, you know, she came in with two points uh, of her own, like, you know, but, like, what can you say about Joanne Casey? Her coolness on place balls, um, like, you know, she hit the, 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 the last number of scores... Like that free at the end, Darren. Again, you'd oh, have to was... question. You'd have to question Derry. Um, you know, player maybe being seen out the gate a little bit, not in a you know, in really in a threat on the goal at that point. Foul committed, tight enough angle, but you know, Joanne Casey, the experience that she has, um, you were going to back her eight, nine times out of ten that she was going to put that ball over the bar. Yeah, like in, in, she did, but she got put over the bar as well. And deadly accurate when she had to be. A lot of Cork's big name players stepped up, like Lauren Holman got three points as well. You mentioned Caitlin Hickey too. Um, all, like even the Cassidy start, and I was surprised with that because she, she didn't play in the in the game against Dublin the previous round as well. I mean, carrying the injury, she went off. Maria Mooney went off with injury. Derry injuries, I think, caught up with Derry over the course of the year as well. But you have to give Trevor Coleman and this Cork team their due. Like you know, they they they've shown the resolve and they've had over the course of this campaign which colours and well we probably would have wanted to meet Derry final for the guarantee that somebody would get promoted you know we can't really argue too much that it's Colby and Cork that are the two teams that are going to be there no no you can't uh, realistically and you know again Darren it just goes to show you that you know the level of work that's been done within those counties and you know the talent pool that they have that you know the intermediates are a good opportunity for those who have played underage uh, to you know get the experience and um, you know We've seen it. Cahill has done that in, in obviously Galway, the, the large volume of 2021 Galway minors that are now part of that that intermediate team. And obviously then you have a number of senior panellists then and, do, you know, a number of Galway girls who are experienced at playing um, in their own, the senior setup, uh, uh, who are backbone. And uh, I'm thinking of Kira Dunahoo, you know, uh, being just being one, obviously. That, that, He's that, a castle as well. Yeah, that, that are just backbone and that that uh, intermediate setup. And they have obviously then the younger crew out, outside them on the left and the right, you know, so they're able to mind the house and let the younger crew then off off the, ha- the, 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 the reins a little bit and, 
and and have a go at it. But um, you know, Cork, yeah, seem seem to have some kind of a mix of that as well. The only worry I would have, Darren, is I just felt that their full back line could have been was got at. And I think, you know, if Galway um, you know, depending who's there, if Gilchrist is there, if 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 um uh, McInerney is there, Kelly is there, you know, whoever that they have to ask questions of that Cork defence, I, I would worry for Cork a little bit in the in, in the final. But as you rightly mentioned, Trevor Coleman, he had the girls in the mix and, you know, people might have fancied Derry that little bit, but, uh, you know, they were they were there, there, ticking away. And like when the questions were asked of them, Darren, with eight, nine minutes of normal time to go when the goal is in the back of the net, you know, just stood up and, you know, great credit to Joanne Casey. And as I said, I think Caitlin Hickey has to get a certain amount of applause as well for her performance when she came off the bench. We begin to look forward to on Sunday week in Crow Park, the intermediate final between Galway and Cork. Um, yes, we want to go back to Tullamore to, to on Saturday for the Premier Junior. We won't have much time to go through it. Um, I was obviously there as well in association with entry. Our man, Cavan first, Killian. Uh, look, it was a very nervous game, you know what I mean? Armad definitely came out with the blocks, but they weren't making account of the scoreboard. They got a couple of points, some good points as well, like Michelle McCardle and Sinead Quinn, a player that only just come in for a first start, was the player of the match as well. But Shanice Fitzsimons uh, gave us two great moments there for Cavan. She hadn't scored in the championship so far, but got the two goals. But when she got the second one in 46 minutes, it looked like Cavan were going to carry this. They had two, three to five points at the time. But then finally Armagh stepped up. Finally Armagh started playing like the team that we are expecting from them all in the year as well like Jennifer Curry or Jennifer Leary as we know her too it looked like the, the angle was going out but she showed that experience to bring the ball in get the goal as well and it led to them just pulling away Sinead Quinn had gotten the first of those points as well and then many Armagh players stepped up and pulled away from Cavan and the game got away from them. Armagh deserving winners, but I was even talking to Jimmy Kernan afterwards, so he knows they'll have to play much better if they are going to carry this All-Ireland title that they've been expected to carry all year as well. Cavan, they had big moments in the game, but even they'll know themselves. And look, there's a great work in progress being done there in Cavan. The start with Jimmy Grevin and, of course, Philip Brady there now as well. But five scores was never going to win you a semi-final but our mark just can't be leaving it the last 15 minutes to get the job done. No, and I, I was just looking back there and I think on a message that I might have sent you during the commentary, I, I, I was at something, I said something about the breeze, but I thought Armagh were disappointing there. And, I, I, and maybe that's credit to, to Kevin. Um, Armagh, to me, you know, were really, really struggling uh, to get to the pitch of the game. Um, you know, and, and, and the fact, I think, that uh, Kevin had done such a good job um, on, on, on the Donnellys, I think that, you know, that was a factor that, uh, it, it, you know, and it just goes to show you, uh, Darren, that maybe, you you know, having, um, you know, brought Jennifer back into the back into the the, the, the role. You know, what she thirty eight years of age, mother of two. Um, you know, class is permanent, Darren. There's no question about that. And she was the one that was able to, um, you know, drag them. I think a little bit kicking and screaming. You know, there's no there's no question about it there. Like you know, because um, uh, as you said, I know an awful lot is probably expected of the Donnellys and maybe. Um, Rachel Murray there as well and whatever to to to, to really get this forward mo- unit moving but they, they looked like they were a little bit hamstrung I don't know why I don't know what it was like uh, Darren but definitely the switch you know Jennifer Curry went in on the uh, edge of the square that that was a to me then was a was a major turning point and she you know as we said took took her chances then very very well and uh, you know definitely 
she just has that little X factor. There's no doubt about it. And while while the body might be getting uh, uh, getting on a, a little bit, Darren, like you know, the mind definitely isn't, and um, she definitely showed all her ability of of, of somebody that obviously has you know was it four senior All Ireland titles. Um, you know, I think she showed it on on big days when um maybe some others nerves and everything like that, and maybe that might have been an Armagh factor as well, a little bit Darren from last year and everything. Um, she was the one that, as you said, that that was the inspired them on, but I. I I rightly point out as well, and 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 uh, he, I think he got the player of the match correct. I thought Sinead Quinn for someone that's in her first year showed an awful lot of maturity there in, in being involved in in certainly in, in key moments in uh, directing that game towards because you know I I thought Kevin. You know, Shanice was nearly like a, a, a one-player show there on occasion, but they just seemed to be getting the big matchups right. They they had locked down an awful lot of the Armagh players. But uh, as you rightly pointed out, can't score five times and and expect ultimately to get to Crow Park. But look, I think Cavan, good progress now again. Um, good to see. And uh, let's keep them driving on. And uh, hopefully we'll see them in the knockout stages again next year. Well, they'll definitely be one of the favourites there as well. And of course, we have to mention Aaron Gallagher, who was absolutely superb. Probably got mm. called twice in the whole yep. match. Unfortunately, one of them was that goal as well. The other game, I don't know how we're going to manage to wrap this up in three minutes. Antrim against Clare. Double extra time. 116 to 18 points. Megan McGarry, who was player of the match, getting the uh, winning. I can't remember if it was a 45 or a free now. So much had gone on as well. I know some Clare people and some Clare journalists were a bit uh, miffed out about a, a goal chance for Clare at the end. But from start to finish, there was just so many swings and momentum in this game. Clare definitely the better team in the first half. But Derby Cosgrove's goal kept it all square. Antrim put themselves into a winning position in the second half. 189 points in front. But Clare drove on again led by Shauna Cammy who was superb with her scoring there as well Abby Walsh who I thought worked her socks off in midfield uh, for Clare as well and, and they got themselves into the lead before an excellent point from Clare Kearney levelled in fourth to two extra time there was two points each in the first period two points each in the second period then Megan McGarry got the goal uh, Anya Graham had a hairy moment she just stepped out a couple of yards dropped the ball behind her and you know, the umpires didn't react. The care players there didn't react. I couldn't tell for certain, even though my first instinct they thought it was in, but I looked at the screen afterwards. I looked at the YouTube coverage afterwards. I couldn't make out whether it was a goal or not. You have to assume that everybody was on top of it, that I didn't go in. Antrim over the line. But Killian, I was absolutely exhausted afterwards. Well, I'm going to give you some credit here, Darren, because Jimmy Greville bailed on you, but you stuck it out all the way, I have to say. Uh, but uh, no disrespect to Jimmy. No, but, to Jimmy, he, he had a prior commitment. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. He had to go, but... Um, I understand yeah, that. I understand that, but you, you you stuck it out there all the way to the end and, and, and trying to keep calling it. But like two and a half hours of action, Darren, un- unbelievable stuff and great credit to... You know, both both managements and, and, and the SNC and whatever, that those girls were, I'm sure now there was a few flagging, but I think any one of us would be flagging. Um, like, they, they, they gave it absolutely everything. And it just was phenomenal to think that after the start that Antrim had, then the Clare came back. And I just thought Clare, that's the first half, Darren, a couple of missed opportunities, you know, and... and that that ultimately was to tell, and I think wasn't there in the in the extra time wasn't there in the first period of extra time didn't Claire have a goal chance that I think can't remember the player that had it, but I just think a couple of more steps if she'd got into a, a, a you know a closer a closer kind of scenario maybe was the point on the point would have leveled the game she hit it wide and it just kind of gave Antrim that little bit of momentum too, but I just think we're looking back on it one or two extra steps. 
maybe she could have got you know the goal scoring opportunity might have been a bit more clear cut but look that that's me picking at small things here in a way um, you know I was wondering how these two were going to be separated and were we thinking of uh, 45s and everything I was going how is Darren going to stay going here you know um, but look I, I, we would have tipped probably Claire because based just purely on the fact that the group that they, they you know, they had come through, the scores that they had put up, um, Antrim, yes, had got close to Armagh, but you, you just felt that maybe this Antrim project is still quite young, that it wasn't, um, it, it probably wasn't. We weren't expecting anything out of them this year. No, no, exactly we not. We expecting, yeah. expecting out Clare, especially when they beat Cavan. Like it's Clare's third consecutive semi-final to lose. And second time this year, they've lost a match to County after a second period of extra time as well. It'd be heartbroken after that because it will have felt an opportunity went. But as you were just saying there, Killing, you have to admire Antrim for sticking in the game and getting the most crucial scores when they had to. Yeah, and 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 that, and that's the thing, Darren. Because I think for you know a young crew, uh, Antrum there, and fair enough, they've been put together. And fair play to Antrim, you know, that they saw an opportunity this year to you know probably take on some of the bigger counties uh, in having a second team there, and maybe the experience that that would give, and what it would go- do to help uh, their, their seniors uh, set up and everything. And um, now they find themselves in an All Ireland final in Crow Park, and like Darren again, there'd be no fear here. I don't, I don't think uh, for them because. Like, um, I know, I know, I probably well, said I saw it. them in Dunloy against our man, the group match, and yeah. in like after Akira Dolly scored a wonderful speed goal, we thought our man were just going to plow, plow one. I think they had the wind at the time in the second half, but Antrim didn't, they fought back into it, only lost the game by two points as well. Yeah. So, if both teams bring their game to Grove Park, I think it's going to be a cracking game. Oh, we could, we could have a right, we could have a right encounter. Um, but I, I, what I was going to say there, I don't know, like, would Antrim see it as bonus territory? I'm always conscious of saying that because I, I might have said that about someone else. They recently won the senior teams, and um, you know, like you, you, you might not want to think that because at the end of the day, Antrim now are in Crow Park, and I'm sure they'd want to go out and win it. But what, what, what I suppose I mean, the bonus surgery, I, I actually think Armagh are the ones that will have a certain level of, 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 of um, panic or tension on their shoulders, whereas Antrim can go out and play with a bit of freedom, Darren. There's again, there's probably going to be very little expected of them, um, if they win. But Jesus, it's put the project that that that, that Antrim Camogie have it's probably put it ahead of itself by a couple of years in some ways. But great credit to them. Whereas Armagh, you know, we we we've been talking about Armagh at Premier Junior level now for a number of years, Darren, and they haven't been able to make that next step. And um, I'm sure you know they've seen the other senior counties and the achievements of. Of, of, of the Downs and the Antrims, they've seen maybe Derry now emerge this year, you know, within the intermediate and, and, and Derry probably a little bit unlucky not to be in Crow Park in the intermediate final. So Armagh are in danger maybe of getting a drift here, could have drift a little bit if they don't make that step soon. Um, and, and for all the talent and everything that, that, that they have, you know, I think there's going to be, and we'll talk about it probably more in depth next week, that there's going to be a little bit more pressure on them because they've been on the big stage you now a couple of times in the last few years and it just, they, they, they haven't got across the line with it, you know? So like it's, it's, um, I, you know, again, great credit Antrim, and I said the project is probably ahead of schedule, but by God, they you know they went toe to toe there with Claire, showed them no element of respect. They went out and had a right cut off them, and uh, you know dealt dealt with their own destiny in lots of ways. And and the thing is, Darren, um, 
I don't think they were ever behind, were they? Was that right? I think they were level. They had gone ahead and uh, Armagh were, or um, uh, Clare were able to get back level. But I don't think Clare ever were in a point that they were too far ahead of them, if they were at all. No, so, they, they, they were, they, they were um, ahead at a few stages in the final periods of, no, of normal uh, time. And they led twice in the first period of extra time, but never any more than a point or two, Clare. Yeah, led yeah OK. OK, but like, then you know, like that just probably shows a, a bit of the element of reserve and, and and whatever you want, and, and, and collectiveness within that team, Darren, that, you know, maybe a young setup in their first year, Clare, you know, being, being there and done it uh, before, as you said, their third semi-final, you know, I, I'm sure there's been changes within the teams and everything like that. But you might have then felt that with uh, Clare getting ahead, that Antrim, you know, might have just curled up a little bit and, and, and let the game go. But, you know, thankfully, that didn't happen, as I say, you know. And it's one game definitely for Kamogi fans around the country or Gaelic Games fans in general if you want to sit down and watch it. This is a cracker, Antrim against Clare. They'll give you plenty of entertainment uh, and excitement. Uh, but it's Antrim against Armagh going to Crow Park. The Rebel Triple maybe with Jennifer Curry, we will see. Well, that's our second part of the show. Done. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're heading to Crow Park on Saturday. Two important games to look at. We'll start with the game between Cork and Waterford. And that's coming up in a moment. I like listening to sports dads because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. Welcome back here to Sports Stats Camogie. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan. The third part of a four-part today as we go now to the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Senior Camogie semi-finals on Saturday. And we're just going to stay in chronological order, uh, Killian. We're going to do Cork and Waterford. And, oh... Waterford, like you didn't have to be a Waterford person to really feel for them after that game on Saturday. Yeah, um, un- un- unbelievable performance, uh, Darren. Like you know, great credit to them for what what they threw at Cork. You know, um, I I I do think Ashing Thompson was a factor. Maybe we'll talk about her in a minute. But um, you know, Beth caused all sorts of problems for 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 Cork. Um, and I I think that was a that was a major factor, you know, like she she uh, and her along with Neve and Abby Flynn were, were causing Cork uh, all sorts of problems. And I do think that you know, in fairness to Derek and and uh, the Waterford management, you know, they got their matchups right. I think as well, you know, um, like it, it just was um, really. Like we didn't get to see Amy O'Connor have a have a huge influence. I know Katrina Mackey had, had points as well, but Keely Corber Barry was doing a serious uh, market job on her. Um, and I do think it was a bit of a chess match. Uh, Darren played out. You know, you saw Claudia Carroll and Laura Tracy being the plus ones there for for a good while, and it was a case of pointed who was who was eventually going to kind of uh, push in front. But I just thought, like you know, that um, you know Beth with those couple of points on board uh, really started to get Waterford thinking that they, they, they were going to do this, you know, and um, I was just really impressed by their, their overall performance. You know, Claude was mopping up, but, you know, the, the full back line behind her was doing very, very well on some of the key Cork forwards. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was starting to really think that Waterford had, 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 um, you know, learned an awful lot from previous, you know, maybe visits to the quarterfinals. You know, I just think that they came out with a performance that they weren't going to be, um, you know, no one was going to knock them for not showing up if that, if that's you know, what I'm trying to get at. That, I, you know, I was really, really impressed with how they took the game to Cork. And I think Cork were maybe a little bit, um, you know, 
stunned by it. I don't know. I just I just think that Waterford brought such an energy um, and maybe the whole thing uh, down around Nashing Thompson and everything like that, maybe that just sucked energy out of Cork setup because I, I really think Cork were were you know second class um, throughout the, a lot of that first half and you could say even into the into the second half you know sure what was it into the 51st second minute before you know Cork got level um, 54 no, minutes you know like great credit to Cork that they were able to um, again bounce and I do think Darren a bit of tiredness probably set into the Waterford setup they like Waterford were um, plugging plugging and 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 then things started to kind of change a little bit I do think Thompson. Although that was early on, obviously she was in what midway. Well, not even midway. It was probably. The thing about it, just going in there, Killian Cork did not score for the twenty-two minutes that Thompson wasn't on the field. Yeah, yeah, and no. that says something. And yeah. we'll go through reasons for that in a moment. And Waterford went five points to nil up, and that's just a damning statistic for this Cork team. I have no doubt that they'll this will be the stick to beat themselves even into the final against Kilkenny, and they, they we won't be talking about that in two weeks' time. But you can't go 24 minutes without scoring, regardless of what way Waterford is setting up, what way Waterford are attacking you. And all to be about a player. But what a difference Thompson did make when she came on the field to play. Yeah, well, I, I do think I do think the quality out of the Cork defence, you know, into into forwards, uh, Darren might have been a factor. But I do think Waterford got their matchups right. You know, they they were all over uh, key elements. You know, Sorcha McCartan, uh, Amy O'Connor, Katrina Mackey just weren't getting primary balls. Um, you know, uh, Chloe Sigerson, you, you could say some of these players weren't weren't even in existence on the field. And uh, that's no discredit to them. I just think Waterford were playing better with them. But Ashing Thompson appears on the field and Cork win the rest of the match 15-5. If I'm right, and like, and that 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 tells you about the influences you have. But she reveled in the role of being the free person. She all of a sudden became, uh, you know, your 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 Tom Brady or your Peyton Manning or whoever. You know, she was directing the play and the operation. Like, and and it. If you remember the first ball she won, Darren, she played a lovely little ball down to Mackie. Let Mackie let it roll down. I think off her left side and was able to get the first score for Cork. And it was just like, oh. Normal services resumed here. She just, I, I it, like it's it's mad to think that one player would have such a, a, a change on a game, but you know, Ashton Thompson did. However, despite the fact that she had that influence in the game, Darren, it took them until the fifty fourth minute to be able to get in front of the game. So Waterford were still bringing a high level of energy and everything that. I just think that Waterford, you know, it started tired legs, tired minds started to make a couple of errors, couple of missed chances, Beth missed. One or two, I think Neve maybe as well. I think there was one or two, one or two other missed opportunities from water point of view, and all of a sudden Cork were getting theirs. Um, like no, I, I have to say. The, the influence of Saoirse McCartan in the forwards all of a sudden became a huge thing. She she got a couple of fine scores for Cork when, when they started to get into the groove as well. So, you know, like Cork, um, great credit, you know, we're, we're, we're able to fight back. But I would imagine Matthew Toomey, yeah, a bit like um, a bit like maybe uh, Cahill Murray with the intermediates of Galway. They have a few things I would sure that's going to keep him peppering along here now for uh, the next uh, week in, in, in training um, that he can't be happy with. Because I think, and we'll talk about Kilkenny shortly, if that Cork performance shows up against Kilkenny in the All-Ireland final, I think the game will be done and dusted because I just think the way the Cats now were purring after that semi-final, um, you know, they could have Cork put away. I 100% agree with you with that. Cork cannot afford that again and it nearly cost them in this game against Waterford. The Cork opted to put Katie O'Mahony and Beck Carton. That clearly didn't work out for them. And Beck Carton in the field they had to start too as well. Well, the half-back line were probably giving Waterford too much, not too much respect, but definitely too much space 
You know what I mean? And we know how formidable this half-back line are. And they certainly charged into the game as it, as it went on as well. And Saoirse McCarthy was the player of the match. But we were down in Tillamore, obviously, at the junior match. And I was with the lads from Rural TV and Waterford. So we're keeping an eye what's going on as well as the game we're at. And my concern was, and you just touched on it there, could Waterford go with this pace for 60 minutes? And I don't want to be condescending towards Waterford here now as well, because they came to win that game. You could tell how disappointed they were and how disappointed Derek Lyons was afterwards too. But, you know, it was a step up from anything they had to do so far. They showed glimpses of it over the course of the year with the wins against Wexford and Tipperary. And it probably just caught up with them in that closing stage as well as Cork finally figured out the jigsaw to get their players into the game and get the scores that mattered. And that's really what it was, is the Cork conditioning maybe uh, was just told yeah, to get them over the line in this one because I feel that on another day Waterford will well win this match. Yeah, and, and and possibly Darren, the fact that Waterford are playing out of Division Two that could be a factor. You know that they're they're they. they, they there is a difference there. there's no question about it. there is a difference between Division 1 and Division 2 and look and that's why I think even the Waterford story this year is one of the stories of the championship because I think to be able to do what they have done um, despite maybe where they, where they came out of even though they have loads of senior experience obviously senior championship experience I still think to think that they came you know with uh, brought that to the championship out of Division 2 is great is great credit to maybe uh, the work that was done with them but the the scenario might be down for all of that, right? So they're five nil up when Thompson comes on the field. They get the half time seven three. Now there was only two points in it, and then they, you know, uh, Flynn and Rocket, great score from Rocket, got them seven three up at the break and started the second half. And you're thinking, oh, they're 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 going to push Cork on here, but then all of a sudden Cork, you know, Mackey, Healy, O'Connor, Keating, knock over a couple of scores, and while Lorraine Bray, who to me. I, I, I think she's to be guaranteed an all-star, Darren. I think she's had a phenomenal uh, year. Um, when she made it a three-point game on 46 minutes, you were still thinking that maybe this Waterford team are just going about to be able to do enough here. But it it was a scenario where um, ultimately, you know, it just, I think, Beth wasn't able to get into the game as much um, so she she wasn't even an out ball for a second option, let's say even, um, because Cork had started to find a bit more space and everything like that. That I just think as well, a little bit of um, you know Cork fresh legs and everything like that had had an impact on it uh, on it too. And you know, like once once Cork started getting a groove, then of hitting the scores and Waterford weren't able to find that in response. I think there was only going to be one winner, but. You know, I, I think Waterford can take uh, out of Crow Park um, so much out of that game, Darren. Monkey off the back, never having got to a quarter final, uh, uh, you know, since 1959. I think that's well off their back. I think they're put themselves now in the, within your rankings, I'm sure, and within anyone else's rankings, right up there that they that, that there's no potential that they can take out number three or number four on, on, on some occasion going forward. Um and I do think that Waterford have, you know, there's green shoots down there. Derek has been telling me about these green shoots. I think there's more to come at underage level and everything like that as well. So, you know, it, it, it bodes well for the future. My my only thing would be, you know, is the worry that, you know, they, they, they lost one or two players this year. Could one or two others maybe decide that, you know, maybe it's time now to go. The bodies and everything like that holding up. There's been one or two around that system now a long time, Darren. That'd be the only thing for Waterford. Um, but look, they can hold their heads up high. But again, great credit to Cork. 
great credit to Cork indeed as well. The way they finished the game off Killian there, when they started working out the wall of a jigsaw, started running at them, hitting some good scores from distance. You mentioned Fiona Keating as well, and Katrina Mackey, and some of the points in Saoirse McCartan got a couple of big scores as well. No different to Armagh. Cork will know that that's not going to be good enough, and you said that too, but when they did turn it on, Granted, Waterford were probably relenting. They were trying to play at a level they had not used to playing at as well. And Cork took advantage of it too. So it just goes to show, Paulie Murray spoke an awful on TV about transition. And even there to suggest that Ola Cronin needs to be the first phone call made uh, by Matthew Toomey. And I want to ask you about Matthew in a moment. Um, but if they can if they can marry the defence and attack together, like Cork are going to go into this final knowing they have to pick themselves up, which is probably sometimes an ideal way to go into a final. Yeah, and... If you remember, Darren, that maybe one of the problems that Paddy had in the last two seasons of his uh, of his um, managerial career with Cork was that the fullback was a was a big problem for him. And while he had forward talent, um, it was you know getting them in key positions. I think that he had enough players on the, on the field, you know, that that could be game changers and match winners or whatever. Now, I do think. Um, Laura Hayes has, you know, turned into a, a a fine player out there. Saoirse McCarthy, what what a last eighteen months that she's had as well. So that half back line to me could be, you know, um, a future all star half back line. You know, not nothing to take from any one of them there because they they. they well, I think they, many people think they're the best half back line in the country. They didn't play yeah. as well over the sixty minutes as they can play. As they can and do. I think that yeah. has to be taken into account as well. That's probably the first half, in particular, maybe the tactics that were just a bit enough. Yeah, I do. I, yeah, and I think they they were struggling to kind of deal with the what, what Waterford were bringing to them. I do think obviously wasn't Laura Tracy in the last number of weeks before the game carrying an injury and whatever. Maybe maybe that was a factor as well. I um I do think um Laura it suited Laura a bit better when Thompson came in to be the the the, the plus one as such in the backs there. Um, I, I I just think that Laura it suited her better to be in a man marking role or whatever. I I, I don't know. I, I I just thought it focused her her mind that little bit better. Um, and then that allowed you know the forwards to get moving because I do think that uh, you know talking about transition. I do think the the quality of ball from defence to forwards in that first half wasn't wasn't as good as it turned out to be then in the probably the last fifteen or twenty minutes overall of the game. Um. However, just going back to what my point was regards to the fullback, I think they found their fullback. I think Libby has really turned in now a couple of good shows, and um, once she start, you know, nailed down, um, thou, thou shall not pass. Like, and 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 you have to credit Amy as well with a uh, Amy Lee with a, a phenomenal performance, uh, uh, Darren as well. You know, like she she made a couple of uh, stops as well when when required. You know, like they they seem to now have you know a, a really strong spine. Uh, to that, however, you know, if 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 Kilkenny copy Waterford's tactics and uh, or, or have something you know of their own up their sleeve and Cork don't react to it again, you know that that would be the worry. And I'm sure that's something that um, Matthew and Davy and, and others are going to be working on over the next two weeks. I don't think they have to worry about Cork's touch or anything like that. I think they got to make sure that the minds are right when they hit the park uh, for the seventh of August. I would say one thing with Waterford too and well done to themselves because I remember talking to Tomas McCarthy there the first day down in Walsh Park after they lost to Dublin and nobody including Waterford people were expecting them to scour the group at that stage but they turned it around and they really put it up to Cork and look it's great 
if you're a Waterford supporter, that they're leaving that game disappointed because they knew there was a chance there. Rather than go in there and get beaten by 10, 15 points, they really put it up to Cork and, you know, another year building on that team, keep everybody in fall, maybe try and get one or two others back back in that stepped away last year and you wouldn't know what Waterford could achieve. Before we leave it, Kelly, I want to have a word about Matthew Toomey because I just think he's a class act and I don't think we ever get a chance to talk about him properly because uh, obviously with Pawdy go on and um, that vacancy to fail and then it was we've talked about players not involved and of course Davy Fitzgerald was always going to get the collie benches when he got involved in the setup too but the way he dealt with the Ashley Thompson situation and made the decision that she wasn't going to start and wouldn't be right right to start or two and got their plan in place he didn't waste time bringing her on when he needed to bring her on but even watched him afterwards there uh, going around talking to the Waterford players as well like you know I don't think he, we've given him the credit here in sports dance, but I don't think he's gotten the credit he deserves outside of that as well. And I just think it's important to acknowledge him because he certainly proved he's worked on the line, on the line too. Well, everything wasn't right in the first half. They made the changes as well. He proved his leadership as well. And he's a very, very worthy Cork manager. Oh, I think so. Yeah, and 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 I think it has to be given that credit because you know with the whole razzmatazz and the Hollywood element and everything that that that, that uh, Davy brings, you know, I think that's lost a little bit, and I think it's unfair on Matthew Toomey. You know, maybe Matthew. You know, and and I have to say, one of one of the most decent individuals that I've encountered anyway when it comes to uh, dealing with managers with, across the Camogie scene, and great credit to all the Camogie managers that we've dealt with uh, over the last while. But I I just think there's a there's a niceness about him, uh, likability factor, and uh, you know, uh, he, he's obviously a quite man in his own way. I I can't imagine maybe within a dressing room or whatever that he that that he's overly quite. But I, I've just been impressed by how he p- puts himself out there, and um, you know. It doesn't seem to be any kind of, you know, um, panache or anything like that about him. He goes about his business and he does it right. And I think he has to be given great credit for how he's put this together. And look, sure, there's a management team there. They all work together on it. But he's he's uh, the captain of the ship. And, um, you know, I'm sure he he was willing to die on the sword, Darren, because I'm sure he felt that the whole element of, um, you know, if he had Ashing Thompson on, could there be a danger then that he might have to replace her if the head didn't didn't work or something call. like that? It was a big call, yeah. And and as I said, it could have been the making or breaking. Now he made the decision to bring her on, and I have to say, fairness, Ashing Thompson. You know, as you mentioned uh, as well, uh, apology. You know, mentioned about that she probably shouldn't have been in the situation that she created for herself. And you know, fair play to Ashing for 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 owning that. But you know, I I I have to say, it just probably goes to show the level of trust or understanding she has with with herself and Matthew Toomey that she went out there, Darren, and I have to say, she put in a level of performance that she wasn't going to let him down. Um, like Ashing Thompson, I, I I think I remember the interview. Like you you could tell uh, from her face that she had expended every little bit that she had of herself out on Crow Park and that was after a tumultuous week and I would imagine a tumultuous enough morning uh, not ideal preparation and everything like that but she definitely repaid Matthew Toomey in, in, in spades I'd have to say um, and I think that goes back then obviously to Matthew Toomey's management yeah, no, I'm a big fan of Ashley Thompson as well. She wears her heart and sleeve and she makes mistakes. So she's a human being as well. And I think that's why she's easy to relate to too. And we had her in the fair green here this year. But Matthew Toomey, I just think I'm finding guys opportunity to stand out as leadership. And he definitely should prove his leadership in Corker in the All-Ireland final, beating Waterford by 15 points to 10. It's a bumper show, so we're going to leave the third part of it. When we come back, the All-Ireland champions are out. Galway against Kilkenny. That's coming up in just a moment. I like listening sports dance because I like to listen to 
Ladies football and ladies camogie. So welcome back here to the final part of Sports Stars Camogie. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan, and we kept the biggest result to last, as opposed to the fairest way of putting it, Killian Galway against uh, Kilkenny. Um, and look, Kilkenny got the job done. They worked their socks off as well, and they got over the line and beat Galway. Yeah, and you just you have to take your hat off to them, uh, Darren. Um, like they just seem to have rallied the troops there a little bit. I know I, I saw in one report that there was maybe mentioned that the, the 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 bond in the group around even the management as well. Obviously, with Tommy Shefflin's brother and and, and Brian Dowling's uncle having passed away in in, in uh, recent months, that you know they they really have just all knitted together um, to such an extent, Darren. And I hope we're, 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 it wasn't being thrown at us here, like you know a little bit, but um, you know the the. Like I think Katie Nolan was maybe making reference. She said, I'd say people are writing us off, but I don't know why they are writing us off. We're still unbeaten this year and there's such a buzz from the camp. And like she's definitely one of them that has brought that buzz. You know, she she's such she definitely is playing on the form that brought her an all-star last year, Darren, but in a different way. You know, she she mightn't be uh, hitting the scores that she might have hit last year, but she's become such a strong leader. Like, um, I, I'd hate to be uh, a defender with Katie Nolan around because she, she's so anxious to turn over the ball um, and, and, and get it back as quickly as possible. Like, you know, I, I think Jorgen Klopp and, uh, would be quite happy with her gegen pressing. Um, you know, and she's just one that has brought that form. But look, I, I think... Us as outsiders looking in, you're 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 never going to knock Kilkenny because they just have that innate ability to be able to um, maybe pull a rabbit out of a hat, uh, and and that's what makes them a top end county at the end of the day. But if you're us and you're looking at the thing, you're looking at the fact that they've lost four key four defenders. defenders. Right, um, they've 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 also lost, uh, you know, one of their key forwards, um, and and there's one or two others that have slipped away. Now I know they've one or two others back in, and there's probably I'd say three or four probably of that Kilkenny team who've really stepped up to the mantle this year. You know, that have brought their game uh, to a different level. So, but like, if you were, as I said, us trying to analyze it, you're thinking. And I think I maybe made reference to this, and I'll hold my hand up. I made reference to this maybe a couple of weeks ago. Had Kilkenny slipped back as a number three a little bit? You know, was there a was there a one and two, and a Kilkenny slipped back a little bit? And you know, let's I I I I'll 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 hold my hand up here and say you know with that performance, uh, definitely not. And and probably what was starting to show Darren was I think the performance in Athen Rye, you know, that uh, Kilkenny were determined to lay down a, a a marker that if they came across Galway again in the closing uh, stages of the championship, that you know, uh, well, you might our team might have changed a little bit, and there might be no Davina Tobin and no Dormer, no Doyle, um, and 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 so forth. That we 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 are. We are a, a revitalized unit, and we have players that have stepped up here, and uh, we're not going to be discounted. And like Darren, they just brought a performance last weekend in Crow Park, especially that second half that Galway just weren't able to live with. You know, it it, it was uh, high tempo, high velocity, and when you consider Darren that obviously after half time there would be, a, I would imagine, after players re- rehydrate and everything like that, there would be a shot in the arm, but you still would be expecting maybe their tempo maybe around the, the 45th minute mark, not to be as good as their tempo around the 15th minute mark, but Kilkenny just went through the roof. You know, it just, it was phenomenal. And like, you, when you're looking at a Galway team that couldn't get some of their key players 
who would have been so mar- their marquee players into the game. Well, what does that tell you about the Kilkenny performance? You know, like I had to look back at the game, and, and, and this is no disrespect, and I still hold her in high regard. But like I was looking at, was Neve Kilkenny still on the field? Great credit to Galway that they were still in in the mix down going down the, the hunt. But like once they got level, they just could never seem to get beyond Kilkenny again. You know, and I still think Darren, there was one or two options made by Galway that if they were to go back and have a look at, you know, I, I think there was chances there that Galway could have been further ahead at half time. And if they were to go back and have a look at it, um, I, I, I do think this game got away from Galway, some of their own making. But then when Kilkenny sniffed maybe an element of weakness or whatever was starting to happen on the Galway setup, they went for the juggler and, and this was even Darren without Denise Gall shooting any lights out, you know? Like, can you credit, if you were to turn around and tell Brian Dowling, oh yeah, you'll beat the All-Ireland champions and, you know, Denise Gall uh, won't, be, won't be hitting double figures or won't be hitting maybe seven or eight points in the game and, and, and that you'll have to rely on others. He, he probably would have laughed at this a little bit, but it's great credit again that, you know, other, you know, Kilkenny players showed up and took the game to Galway. Did as well, and, and many too. And I'm even thinking of Michelle T in a deserving pair to match. Laura Murphy, her scored the goals. While Tiffany Fitzgerald left everything she had on the line too, as well. And there was many others too. Um, first, just taking the point you were making there about Katie Dolan. And look, we predicted going to win the game last last week. We're not going to apologise for that. We thought the Goey were still ahead of Kilkenny, but we've been a pains here in sports as all year to remind everybody else that Kilkenny are still around. Because every year, I think the, the national media or the, the casual Camogie fans just pick two teams and probably the two teams are in Astros final and say, oh, they'll be the two in again and forget about team three. Like, Kilkenny only went out of the league on scoring difference to Cork and they left everything on the line there as well, like they did in Atten Rye. Probably should have won the game in Atten Rye uh, a couple of weeks ago, you could argue. The goalie, uh, definitely handed goalie the ball for f- 15 minutes. Um but one sign that came out in that night was Galway sometimes being very, very careless. And like it just goes to show with Laura Murphy's goal as well. The Galway defence were all over the shape with the exception of Sarah Durvin. And Eva Dunning was actually one of the players back to try and, and save this as well. And Emma Hilbert was knocking around as well. But it was a beautiful strike from Laura Murphy. And it was the game's defining moment score-wise. Yeah, and you know, like Laura obviously spotted an opportunity. But Darren, I, I, I have to go back here to the scenario whether it was a right decision to keep Shauna Healy on Denise Gall when Denise Gall probably wasn't having an impact in the forwards as she was. Now, I think great credit to Denise and it just goes to show you what she is as a player. It may not have been happening for her on the scoreboard. And, you know, I think overall she only got two points, but she she went back and helped out on numerous occasions as an extra player in defensively. You know, I, I think at one stage she took a ball off Ethan Norris, you know, like she, it, it, you know, that, as I said, it mightn't have been happening for her elsewhere, but she was, you know, down the field, willing to help out her teammates. But Shauna, I think, was pulled out of the action a little bit, Darren. And I, I do think if you were to look back at that Laura Murphy chance, I think Ashana Healy's in her in her, in her pocket in the position. I'm not sure Laura gets that strike a goal. If you understand me, I am. I I I just think the Galway defence was a little bit unsettled on on occasion. Now Shauna took the game to Kilkenny, obviously in other ways because she was up and down the park or whatever. I I just think defensively, Kilkenny asked. Kilkenny caused an upset among the Galway gameplay, I think, and and Galway didn't react well to it. Um, and and like as, as I said, I think you know 
Cahill had to be unhappy at half time, even though Galway were in front. I'm sure he, he must have had a few words and everything like that. But Galway just didn't seem then to be able to slip into a groove early in the second half. It was Kilkenny that chased them and, and, and asked them questions. And when Laura put that ball to the back of the net, then it was Galway. Galway had to end up playing Kilkenny's game. Kilkenny dictated the pace of everything after that. And I will say one thing, you know, um, Aoife Dunno, I, I do think she, she fought tirelessly. I just didn't think she had the influence that she would have had in previous games. I, I do think she she fought hard. I thought Carrie Dolan fought hard. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And it's great credit to the two of them that Galway were still in the mix turn into the closing stages. But it probably, a bit like Waterford, they'd expended so much energy uh, I think to try and withstand whatever Kilkenny had thrown at them that they just probably I think mentally it just kind of started to impact on them because some of the decisions, if you watch back the last 10 minutes, some of the decisions that Galway made in the, in, in the latter period of that were, were not right. Like we're not probably what you would expect of an All-Ireland, uh, All-Ireland champions in the closing stages in a game right in the melting pot, whereas Kilkenny made all the right decisions uh, there on. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think Darren... There's got to be a factor here. I think Julianne Malone might have had a huge influence in the quarter final, but I, I thought she was a big player again in the in, in the latter stage of that. And you know, I just think again it's been a, a great to have her back with the Kilkenny setup there, you know. Um and, and and again, you know, another player that could ask questions of 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 Cork within the in the All Ireland final. But you know, I think Galway will be sore about this, Darren. There's no question about it. I I, I think Cahill had set down the message and we know he said it early doors, it was said practically straight after the All Ireland final last year, you'll be remember this great team you know if you put back-to-back All-Ireland titles together and that was the target um, it just I don't know I, I I just think Galway maybe should we have seen the writing a little bit down down in Athen Rye were, were they was things well, I, 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 do think, I, I do think just coming in there and you mentioned about Sean Healy in the half-back line based on, on, on the report and even the way I was looking at yeah. it Sean Healy seemed to be all centre-back with Emma Hellebert and Roisin Black flanking her that line never played together all year yeah. now in the game in Athen Rye you know a line that was used to play with each other conceded those gaps as well and Galway got careless and out Kenny back into that game too so go the goal team and management should have dealt with those issues you know what I mean and like you're trying to put every, everybody together in the right balance that works as well but you know you, Sean Healy hadn't played centre back for the county all year so I don't understand why she was doing it today when Anna Hellebert was on, on the field that played Derva Higgins getting dropped as well you have to, have to question that but it's easy doing that when they lose the game but Goby were making mistakes all year and uh, my concern with Goby all year is that it, like they were setting a level there and they showed in the league final beating Cork and all that but they seem to be isolating themselves a little bit too as well and you know Kilkenny were getting fired up for this because everybody was writing off Kilkenny and Cork are quietly doing what they're doing. Kilkenny were always going to be up for this match. We spoke last week, should this have been the pairing that happened or not? But that's immaterial because it would have got found out in the final if it didn't get found out in the semi-final. And when Kilkenny upped that intensity, Galway just struggled to get there. And whether that was the pressure, the occasion, whether it was the lack of tests maybe they had all year with the exception of Atmurai, it's hard to fathom. But Galway were not stepping up to take control of that game like we expected them to do and maybe that's because we all probably underestimated Kilkenny's ability to stay in the party yeah well I I do feel all year Darren in some ways the Galway struggled with the injuries that they picked up um, in, in, and when you look at Kilkenny and that is crucial to Orla McGrath and Rebecca Henley especially Orla McGrath yeah but like when you when you look at Kilkenny and you might say well hold on Kilkenny are down five or six players from last year you know like they should be able to respond to it but I, I do think it impacted on Galway's game plan they never is, is there two games in a row that Galway played the same half back line 
you know, that's I probably have to go back and have a look at it, but like they, they never seem to be settled with the three players in the half back line. Uh, the midfield. Well, Anna Helberg got the injury at the start of the campaign. It did struggle to seem to, oh, yeah, yeah. to settle it down. Now, Set- even saying that too, you'd assume Gushana Gardner was going to start the game. You'd assume Derwin Hickens was going to start, start the game. Yeah. And the sixth jersey was up for grabs, whether that was Helbert or Black or even Rachel Hannafy, which in fairness, Sean Healy was out there to accommodate Rachel Hannafy in cornerback. So, you know, in fairness, Colin, to me, to try and make that right decision as well. Oh, I, I understand. surprised the decision he made. I understand. I, I, as I said, I just think that halfback lane was never settled all year and I think that that, that that's a key problem. And I, I also feel then Rebecca Henley had been starting on the 40 and she was there all year and then that, you know, that unfortunate injury and I think that that unsettled things then and Yavorla then also who, you know, I, I, I do think when, 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 when the two McGraths are together and it clicks it's it's absolutely fantastic as we've seen in, in all Ireland clubs and all Ireland uh, inter county finals. Um, and I do think even when one of them plays badly, the other is able to pull along. You know, I just think Siobhan, uh, without Orla, it, it, to me she didn't seem the same. But uh, Siobhan has her own injury. They've been nursing Siobhan along for the last number of months. You know, she 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 came out of the club campaign and I think was straight into a boot and eventually got to see action. What was it in in, in the the third or fourth group match and then got to play against Kilkenny and obviously you could argue probably should have played the league final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could and but I I think that maybe that injury has been impacting on her. You know, so. I just think a number of things conspired against and maybe it was asking an awful lot then of some of those who were the leaders all the time out there to drag it on. You know, your your Tony, your Durvins, your Kilkenny's, your Donahue's, your Dolan's, whatever, to kind of drag it on. And, you know, it just, to me, it, 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 it needed one or two of the other players to step but maybe darn it just mentally it just it, it, it didn't work then because as I said I just think a couple of key players injury unsettled game plan trying to switch it around Kilkenny bringing intensity there's not the same fight in Galway and despite the fact that you were there in the mix with 10 minutes to go um, it was always going to be asked like because c- you considered it maybe you look at it the Galway set up Darren always maintain if you've only five players who you're 15 bringing the game to a team that has definitely 10 out of their 15 playing well you're never going to win so like it's great credit to Galway we're still there in the mix coming down the line but uh, you know I just think Kilkenny brought a level of intensity that you know it asked questions a couple of Galway's younger players or whatever um, that you know just it, it wasn't ultimately happening now I'd also just throw in the mix there I thought Ailish O'Reilly was a little bit unlucky to be taken off Darren I don't know I am um, maybe your figures were were, were were turning up wrong or whatever I just think maybe again she could have been a player that they could have done with in the closing stages yeah, yeah and true too as well but they probably didn't have that influence as well and uh, when you look at that Galway defence as well the gaps they left open was mm. some good decision making Kenny they could have got more goals out of us that being said we have to look at the other side now Carl Murray made no excuses at the end of the game beaten by the better team and all that mm. as I know living in Conway too unfortunately he's not the only one who comes up with excuses but there was a big moment in the first half Killian and it came to the penalty not the penalty itself which was you know Sarah Healy's hit better shots and even ours meant the save but first you have Siobhan McGrath pretty much rugby tackled by Michelle T and now the Camogie rules the yellow card no issue, issue with Andy Larkin's decision but again it's something the Camogie Association going to look at it's happened in many games this year as well a clear a clear takedown but even on the rebound there coming out to Siobhan McGrath and I was surprised the first instant that this was that, that she missed the ball but then when I look back afterwards Claire Phelan come in with a little flick mm. up on the elbow mm. now referee umpire couldn't see it but the linesman still in the field of play they should have seen it there was a big moment in the game because the goalie got in the goal 
uh, they would have gone four points ahead and probably would have something to protect or, or hold on to as well. Now, can Kenny go on with the, go on with the job and they would have gone on with the job anyway, but you still have to look at these type of rules as well in a goal scoring opportunity that, um, you know, are, can we be allowed in a situation where a player pretty much gets taken down? And, and this has happened in various different matches over the year. Yeah, look, like Darren, as, as we said, and, 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 the women in sport want to be treated equal. I, I do think, you know, the the scenario where the game has become more physical and everything, and, and some people hate that fact, but I think I'm all for it. But it does bring then a certain level of negativity then that, you know, women are, I would imagine, in the physical nature of the encounter, they want to win matches and they will try everything to win it, which makes them then no different to men playing the game. So, and even just you know, jumping in on that, Killian, as well. And like, if I was Kenny manager, I'd applaud Michelle Teen for doing oh, yeah, that. The issue is not with Michelle Teen, she did what she had to do to stop Siobhan McGrath yeah, scoring. Absolutely, a necessary and, yellow and, card. And, so, yeah. but it's, it's like it would have been a black card, you'd imagine, in Gaelic games or, or a sin bin in yeah. ladies' football. And it's, it's still like these cynical fouls are something that have to be looked at by the yeah. association. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, Darren, as we said, that, that, that's you know, the rule changes of recent years has brought this game on and, and it's a great, you know, uh, entertaining factor now. Uh, like, don't get me wrong, I, I thought there were two cracking encounters at Crow Park, um, you know, and, and, and uh, like in, di- in, different, in different ways, I suppose. But I would agree with you. I think it, it probably has to be looked at that, you know, you can't, you can't turn around and, and, and use maybe, you know, uh, someone's gender to turn around and say, well, look, women are not going to be as cynical as men in, in that regard. They want to bloody win the match. Like, you know, at the end of the day, Michelle Teen, you'd be expecting her to do it, as you said, with Brian Dowling. But then there has to be the necessary punishment. And the yellow card, probably for that offence, isn't good enough anymore. You know, so um, I, I would have kind of implored that that would be looked at. All right. Yeah. Um, but to take then the penalty. Yeah, poorly hit. You know, I, I know some people put it down as a save, but Sarah's hit better ones than that, you know. And uh, it, 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 to me, yeah, it was one that it probably wasn't a, the biggest turning point, Darren, but definitely was one up there because you, as you rightly said, puts it out to four points. You know, again, they, they, they had something to hold on for, even if they ultimately weren't playing well. It would have, it would have asked an awful lot of Kilkenny because considering the level they got, to win that match, you know, it would have it, it, they probably would have to go an extra ten percent then to be able to haul back that, you know. So, um, yeah, look, it, it probably was a, one of the key turning points. Yeah, it was indeed. But of course, Kenny did up in, in in the second half anyway, deserving winners. Even Norris wasn't the hardest save she had to make, but she made some fantastic saves. You could argue Goey might have taken points in one or two, but even Norris pulled off three or four top drawer saves in that match, which were crucial. Yeah, but we should also have to question some of the Galway decision-making, Darren, that they brought the ball on occasion right in on top of her. You know, like, in fairness to Aoife, bravery personified, brought out, got out there, uh, won, won that ball, and is probably putting herself, I think, in line for an all-star uh, with, with, the, with the performances. But um, I just think, on occasion, the Galway decision-making uh, was... was off like Darren you know I, I just think there was a number of different things with, with Galway and that's what probably in some ways then Darren that the fact that they were still in the mix with, with, with the 10 minutes to go because I do think their decision making but then there was some other things that were just off with their whole play um, that you know again makes it even more amazing that they were still able to be in touch you know in, the, in, in, in that regard um, but look don't take anything from Aoife yeah she made a couple of fine stops when, when it was needed I just think some of the Galway options weren't right either 
know, they weren't doing, in fairness to you, Kenny, uh, options were right too, and they really worked their socks off and pulled out with four points in the final 10 minutes to get the job done. And they are into the All-Ireland Senior Camogie final against Cork, which we'll preview next week. Kenny, one question I want to ask before we wrap up, and it's actually been East brought this up to me too, so I know we could be recycling old ground, but of course the attendance, and I asked the same the football question last week, the semi-finals, uh, the attendance in Crow Park, does it justify having semi-finals there as well? But I know the Camogie Association are putting in the work now for the final. There's a big media day happening this week, which colours, and, and rightfully so, but there was the lack of promotion in the game. Yes, it's an All-Ireland Football final weekend, but even you look at Darrell Crowe's articles, was Brian, Dole, Brian Dowling, sorry, and Anya Ling with the only two articles out there. And maybe the Camogie Association should have been doing more to promote that game. Granted, the weekend it was in on, it was always going to be a difficult task. Yeah, but I don't buy that, Darren. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't buy the, the the weekend is on. If you, you like, if you if you get out there and you're promoted, um, there's an opportunity. Like Pubster, three thousand and something at it, and uh, I'd say the majority of that was Waterford and like. I was told there was practically no one in it then for the for the Kilkenny and Galway game, you know, because uh, I'd say Waterford brought the largest support and they headed for home. So, um, I, I look, I still have Darren. We've we've talked this out so many times on this podcast about promotion, and I I think going it has to be one of the key elements going forward. Um, you know, we 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 had a lunch I think last week. And Galway had no representation at it, you know, like, and that then didn't look well in TV promotion and all that kind of stuff as well. I don't know what the reason for that was, um, uh, but look, a, a strange decision if there wasn't somebody within the Galway setup was able to be represented at Crow Park last week. But again, my issue comes back to sometimes with the Camogie Association is it's only for the shoot. You know, like I, I think when it comes to you're getting into the knockout stages and to bring the players together and whatever, why isn't there interviews done? And uh, now I know there was interviews done for the semi-finals and obviously they were done for RT and and, and whatever. But yeah, but there was, why a quiz, there, more... there was a quiz done as well. Like you know, which yeah. Is, no, look, is, I, 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 I won't. I, listen, I'm not going to knock it. Not at all going to knock it. No, uh, but uh, there should uh, be interviews uh, done on top of that. Yeah, like, yeah. Like Ellen, Ellen, Ellen McManus is obviously in there now as 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 a marketing and communications officer. She's brought different ideas they have a TikTok account now and everything and she's trying different uh, scenarios so great credit Ellen and and, and uh, obviously you know that kind of scenario it, 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 I think you get to see the players can you imagine Jack O'Connor alone the Kerry lads maybe to do something like that you know like I, I just think it, it it shows a personality then with the players and everything like that and I, it's a good bit of crack um, but I do think there should be interviews there should be you know an opportunity for those players to be done and whether that means that Ellen McManus does those interviews and then they're released on the social media well then that's fine but there has to be more done than just taking photographs and that the interviews then are done for RT that they have you know before their coverage on on the day as as a as a as sponsor of the competition I'm sure they're entitled to that but what about the media the you know the radio stations the 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 the, the TV the, the other TV stations the the newspapers um that you get these players out on you know I I, I do think they should do their own interviews then if, if if maybe they feel that there's not going to be a turnout from media or something like that put them out yourself take control of the situation have them on social media have them on your website whatever it might be darren creates publicity and everything like that around it and then you know in some ways i i'm hoping i'd love to know the reason why galway had no representative at that lunch um but it embarrasses them then when when they don't you know have somebody interviewed or whatever and there has to be questions asked about it but um still have a bit of way to go darren there's no question and final question, because it's been long shows, so we, need, we need to wrap up. Final question on this. And of course, with the Camogie Association, yes. 
but also, and rightfully too, teams are getting professional in Camogie and in ladies football too. But like when you look at the Killian, the numbers are not out there as well. So they have to be doing that bit more than their male counterparts to uh, promote the game. Like little ones are going to spring out their 87% again next year for the third year in a row, which is as lazy in my, uh, in my opinion. But I mean, the county should be doing more to make sure that these players are available for for interviews as well, even into this game, like not in the, the day or two before the match. But I mean, you threw out there, you'd struggle to find any form of interviews with any players leading into the semi-finals. And of course, if they're not going to do that, people are going to look at Kerry and Galway and move on. Right, well, I know there was a, a, a media day, a media lunch, everything like that, and all elements of the media, which was good to see were invited to a media lunch in Croke yeah, Park. For the on, final, it's on, 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 on Tuesday. Tuesday. You know, just about yeah, the one but, day of the but, year. Yes, but I do think counties could take control of it as well, Darren, that even if Croke Park don't dictate that there should be a lunch, why can't the counties make themselves available? Mm. Um, you know, like... I, 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 I don't know you know and I can better. understand like, why managers wouldn't want it but at the end of the day it's about promoting the game uh, Darren no I can't buy that at all yeah, I, no I'm, I'm just saying oh, no, I said I can understand why managers wouldn't want it that's not their job but that's up to the county boards then to step up but, and actually make but, sure these things happen yeah but they've got to understand Darren that you're, you're coming from so far behind like mm. this year there was a big hullabaloo because I think was it none of the four semi-finalists or whatever in the All Ireland Football Championship. I don't know about the hurling. They weren't made available. You know that there was no mm. no press nights or anything like that. Which I, I I dread that going forward. Darren, what are you doing for promotion of the game? It's an amateur game. Um, I think they have to do everything. But like when you're when you're Camogie and you're coming from so far down the road, I think managers have got to understand that. They have to be doing everything to make themselves available and make players available. I don't think you can corral them off and kind of say, no, you're not doing those interviews and whatever. I don't think, even as All-Ireland champions, I don't think Galway um, are in that position that they can make that call, Darren. Well, they, I'm, not just, they have I'm, to be, I'm not just saying Galway too. Oh, no, I'm talking about everyone. I'm, in, no, no, I'm just saying... I'm saying managers probably wouldn't be encouraging it, but I mean, I don't think yeah, they actually I, say I, no I, when the push comes to but show. Darren, like. that, they've got to get out of that, like, you know, but... Don't don't get me wrong, Colin Murray, nice guy, get on well with him. I think he's an, obviously an excellent manager and he's proved his weight in gold or whatever. But he wouldn't be at the forefront of making himself available for interview unless obviously you go and harass and harangue him a little bit. And I've had, had that out with him before and I've said, but Carl, you've got to understand you're a custodian of the game, right? You've got to understand you are involved, unfortunately, in the promotion of it. Like it's if we get to a stage of where the women's game of camogie is up there on the level, of maybe men's football. Well, then or men's hurling. Well, then you might have you know a great bar right to be able to say, ah, oh, look, there's too much interference and everything like that. Well, we're two weeks out from the All Ireland final, and you want to promote it, or two weeks out, or a week out, whatever, from the semi final. You got to. I can't see why you can't make yourself for an interview available for an interview, Darren. Two or three minutes, four minutes, whatever, over Zoom, done and dusted. And you're promoting the game. And that interview then is available on the Camogie Association social media. It's available on Galway Bay's FM's prom- uh, uh, audio oh, you coverage. You did do an interview with Galway Bay FM. I know, but I'm, 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 listen, I'm not talking about Carl Murray now. I'm talking about mm. whoever it, it, it is available. I can't see why that can't be done. Like, I'm probably talking old school. I'm talking back in the days when I was on local radio. And like... I don't know what OTB now do for, for the local radio because I'm a long time out with the situation. But when there was a network system there that was used by all the local radio stations, this was very easy to do. I was able to get an interview. Let's say, for example, if I was in Kildare and they were playing Galway, I was able to get audio from Galway. Now, that maybe was, maybe was contact with Galway Bay, but it also was through the network. And like I, I do feel that in the scenario where, as you said, Camogie is 
I'd say it's number four of Gaelic games, right? Well, as regards the attendance figures, it is number yeah, four, right? Number four on a promotion level, it's definitely number four, right? Um, I I do think that. The managers now, Cahill Murray might turn around. It's not my job, he says, to promote Camogie. Or any, I do think though you have to promote it within Galway, Cahill. Yeah. I, I, or, 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 or Matthew Toomey, well, or Derry Klein. The, or... the county board's not stepping up and making this happen. Absolutely, and yeah. I, and I do think they, you know, and look, you have a proactive, a very proactive uh, PRO within, within, within Galway. Uh, Sarah does an awful lot of good work and and an incredible website and match reports and everything like that. Um, I had no issue going to find, let's say, for example, scores. To Throughout the intermediate championship campaign in Galway, because it's all there on the website. Mm. I had issues he is finding one of the best PROs in the country. I had issues finding it with the other counties. There's no, there's no question about that. But I do think that counties could organise press briefings in a better scenario, and it's done very, very early in the week. Um, I know now, maybe as I said, Darren, between quarterfinals and semi-final, it was only a week. So maybe Cahill Murray doesn't want to be caught up in that, or Brian Dowling, for that matter, because he's playing a quarterfinal and a, and a semi-final, but. I, I, I do think the ha- it, counties have got to recognise for where Camogie's at, they unfortunately have to do a little bit more than maybe hurling and football have to do. Yeah, well, my issue would be more with players than managers, and that's going on. In fairness, there's a lot of players, even for ourselves here, to make themselves available. But sometimes they're paying the arse trying to trying to organise interviews at times as well. And like at the end of the day, if people want to see more people want to Camogie, we need to be talking about Camogie more often as well. And people need to get behind Camogie. We're not going to go into women supporting women and this, that, and the other there now. But the reality is, is that uh, my minority sports and let's call it straight here now, Camogie is still minority compared to yeah. the Minsing anyway, have to do that bidding more. Absolutely. It's, it's as simple as that. You look at the um, machine that the LGFA are running at the moment, uh, led by Jackie Call and the progress that they have made as well. Now, the new team in, in, in Crow Park this year with Camogie, they need a bit of time in fairness. And Ella McManus will be doing good work there and, and her team to make things happen. More needs to happen, but it needs to be happening at local level as well. I did a PR workshop this year with counties and very few counties are actually doing the, doing the stuff that we recommended them to do. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and that's that's a fact. Now, uh, you've, you've got to understand, Darren, that at the end of the day, it's an amateur game and everyone's a volunteer in that regard. So, you know, I, I'm oh, no, 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 but full-time people, but I mean, people seem, things need to be done. Yeah, but PROs, Darren, you know well, mm. a county meeting, club meeting, whatever, it's the last position filled. Well, lads, we have to fill this position. Um, someone do it. Actually, you're good at social media. You, you jump in there. Like, you know, Sarah, I'm sure, is coming. I don't know how much longer she has as PRO. But like, if you were somebody uh, coming after Sarah, you 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 you've you've a big mantle to to live up to, and some people would turn around and go, "I can't handle that. I I I couldn't do what she did," and they're put off by it. But I I, I like again. I think the change only comes about when the counties take ownership of it. Um, yeah. and and they they look down. You look at the counties. The counties as a team now, not just beer yeah, rolls. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Rolls yeah. All, all, all around the country. But you look at count, you look at counties. Level. You look at counties across the country. You'd question the administration level of some of the counties. There's no mm-hmm. question about it. The quality of personnel that are in charge, you'd question. So they're not going to be interested in publicising or promoting the game. We rattled the cage of one or two of them this year, Darren, and they were more concerned about, you know, um, it is. It is and you can say the same about Crow Park too, Kelly. And we might as well put it out there. Like sometimes you get rattled about what we say rather than what they're actually doing. Well, yeah, like uh, you're worried, worried about what we say rather. I said, and and and, and like 
I, I say, well, that's okay. not what we're here for. We're not, we're, we're, not here, we're not here to be problem people. We're I, I'm not saying I'm not saying we're right. I'm not saying we're right. I'm not saying we're right. It's an opinion. You're asking me my opinion, giving an opinion. Mm. I'm not on here to slate anybody because everyone at the end of the day is in the job and they're trying to do the job. And if you're volunteers down the country, then they're trying to do do the job. I just think it could be done better. And I think if you want. 20,000 people in Crow Park, you want 40,000 people in Crow Park, you have to publicize the product better. And that starts, I think, with the counties, yes, but I think there has to be a certain level of drive or whatever coming from a sponsor, uh, the, 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 the communications department and whatever. You know, like little, uh, a huge big sponsor of ladies football, but they will drive it with a campaign on, on, on TV and everything like that, Okay. We knew sponsored the Camogie Championship, got to see promotion videos and everything like that around the RT coverage or whatever. But I would be expecting to see more from them. I have to say, Darren, going forward, no, no, no doubt about it. They, they need to be getting the name and the sport out there. Um, I know a little now have probably taken it through the stratosphere, so everyone's probably looking like, oh, we can't do something like that. But I, I still think, Darren, you have to make an effort, right? Um, you have a good communications department within the LGFA. I think it helps that the head of that communications department is a former journalist. He knows how to tap in to the personnel and the contacts and everything like that within the scenario. Um, and I, I do think, you know, within the GA, there's a number of former journalists working in the communications department in the GA and Crow Park. I think all that helps, Darren, because the contacts are there. They're able to nudge certain people to do a column for them or whatever. I think that has to be done. I, I, I don't care. I think PROs within county boards need to be have a better relationship with their local media and they need to keep sending in stuff. You keep sending in stuff, I'm sure, as you said, within Galway Bay, if the stuff keeps landing on your table, you're going to have to use it. Because why? Because there's going to be a ratty email. You're not using the material I'm sending in. And that needs to keep, the train has to happen. But you know, I, like people are wondering why the top counties are doing as well as they are. Well, they're the ones that obviously have their systems in play, not only on administration level, but on a playing level. But they promote themselves relatively well. I still would ask questions of Cork and Galway and one or two others sometimes about promotion of uh, access to players and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's a lot better maybe than some of the other counties, you know. Most certainly as well, and like you know, and, and work does go on like regards articles and all that, but there's a lot of places that it doesn't happen. And like just for anybody who wonder why we started this conversation, a nine-year-old girl asked a question. When a nine-year-old needs asked a question, that's why we had this conversation. She picked up and was watching the camogie on Saturday. If nine-year-olds are asking the question, then it needs to be discussed as well. It's been a real bumper show, a much longer than seven Killian Pant as well, but a lot to get through as well. We'll be back next week and we'll be back with our All-Ireland Finals preview. Three big games coming up in Crow Park on Sunday the 7th of August. But seven Killian intend to be there for that. <laughs> After today. It's <laughs> Andrew and Premier Junior Cork against Galway in Intermediate and Cork against Kilkenny and Senior. No, we will not be forget about the Nancy Murray Cup on Saturday between Wicklow and Jerome. That's all happening on next week's show. So hope you enjoyed it. We got through an awful lot there at the Scots. We got through a good few matches as well. We hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Darren Kelly. This was Sports Task Kamoki. I'd like to thank my partner in crime last time, Killeen Whelan. Thanks indeed, Daz. And uh, I think if anyone out there is listening and you've got this far, fair play to you. Thanks for the support. <laughs>